thanks for being here. It's great to have you. I want to welcome everybody who's watching us online. Thank you so much for joining us. And I also want to give a very special welcome and thank everybody on Wednesday night for being here at church on Wednesday night. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are continuing our series. I think we're on week three. You know, I say this about every single series that we, that we do. You know, I think it's just one of the most incredible series there are. As a matter of fact, I'm wondering if I say that all the time, that every series is the best series. Do I say that? Pretty much. Okay. I, 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 think, that I, I think that I do. But you know what? This, this whole concept, I think it's something we're all looking for in life, and uh, we got to, uh, it's, sorry, did I screw this up again? Oh my gosh. I think this is what we're all looking for in life, is freedom. You know, we're, we're all looking for some kind of a freedom in our life. We, we are, we go, we go through life, we're looking for peace and joy, and we're looking for freedom, where we're not all bound up inside. We're not, and I, I know we can all identify like with a jail cell, you know, that that's not free, that we're bound up, but we're not we're not free to do what we want. But I think we deal with that in here. That sometimes just grief and worry and, you know, all, all kinds of things. What people think of me and all, all of these other things in life, they just keep us all bound up. And, and, I, and I think we're all looking for, wouldn't it be great to be free? You know, and free and not, and not worry about what other people think of me and not be bound up to emotional stress and worry and, and all these kind of things, but just be absolutely free. There is a song that we sing here sometimes. I think it's been a little while since we sang it, but uh, just, just a line in it says this, that the chains are gone and I've been set free. And whenever we sing that song, it's so clear to me that oh, how, what I think about it, I actually go through the physical motions saying the chains are gone. I shake off my hands like that which is ridiculous, right? But I do. Just the chains are gone and I've been set free. And when we sing that, I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, so free. And I always relate it to this. The chains to me are the chains and the bondage of the law of performing, of trying to be good enough for God because I'm not that good and I've tried so many times and if it comes to that, I am going to hell forever. There's no way. I cannot do it. And, and I, when, I, <clears throat> when I sing that, I'm so happy that I don't have to perform to be right with God. There's hope for people like me that Jesus Christ did it all. So I am free from performing, from living a certain way to being right so God doesn't smush me out. Do you know the freedom in that? And the freedom that I can just be with God. Not on my own effort because of what Jesus did. I can be with God. That Jesus did that. And last week, if you were here, if you weren't, you got to watch the message. But if you were here, Shaheen did something, and I don't know if you caught it. It was just short, but he said this. If God was in this chair, do you feel like you could just, you could just walk up to the chair and, put your, and just be with God? <clears throat> and I feel like that's the freedom that I have. And I, I feel like... There's nothing between God and me. And, and I screw up all the time, but I know it's not on that effort and that I can just be with God and be with God. He's my, he never looks down at me. He's never disappointed in me because he knows me. You know, you might be disappointed in me because you think I'm something I'm not. God, does, God knows I'm who I am. And uh, when, I, when I do something really stupid, he says, yeah, I know. I didn't expect any more out of you. Uh, 
I, I just feel, you know, great. And uh, I used to say this. I stopped saying it about six or seven years ago because it made other people feel bad. But I always felt like I was God's favorite. And uh, I still believe that. I just don't say it much. But uh, I believe I'm God's favorite whenever I say Father and, and just come to Him. Come, like, like, like we know each other, you know. Just, and I, I just feel so, so free to just know God. And it's not because of anything that I've done. It's all because of Jesus. I've been set free from the law of having to follow the law to be with God. It's awesome. But last week, uh, on a little motorcycle ride, and was uh, up in Kalispell, Montana, and driving down the road, and there's this big billboard, a huge billboard, and this is what it said. And I, I at first, was a little bit taken back, and then I thought about it, and I thought, that is so clever. That, that is so true. That is so true. The, the billboard said that the Ten Commandments are the same as ten freedoms. And even though I am free from having to follow the law to know God, at the same time, the Ten Commandments give incredible freedom in life. Incredible freedom in life. As a matter of fact, we all know this. You know that if you don't murder, you're freer than somebody who does. Any murderers here? Any murderers? I know one of our ushers never shot anybody above the knee. So, I mean, hey, he's not a murderer, but uh, it's, you know what, if you you don't murder, you're you're freer. Because here's the thing, if you commit murder, you're not free. You're going to be locked up away and put in a prison cell. And even if you don't get caught, man, you got that guilt hanging on you and you got that, that's that's a horrible thing. Or, or what about, I mean, I think all of the commands, the first three are just more about God, but, but the rest of them, don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. Hey, listen, I will promise you, I know, I know some of us in here have committed adultery. I know that. But you are freer if you don't. And those of you that have, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know that you're hiding your tracks. You know that you're, you're, you're being secretive. You know that your heart is torn between commitment and, 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 and that stuff and, and also where you want to be. And you, just, you, you know, hey, listen, it's, it's free to just don't commit adultery. It's freeing. Or, or even, you know what, don't lie. Don't steal. Don't covet. These things are great freedoms. When we follow these commands of God, they bring great freedom in our life. Way, way back, I mean, I'm as old as dirt, way back, when I was in high school or just out of high school, I, I used to do a lot of bad things. Uh, I wasn't a follower of Christ, I wasn't a Christian, and, and uh, you know, drugs and stealing, and to, I mean, just, it was, a, it was a lifestyle that, I mean, all my friends did, I, I thought it was kind of normal, but I know this, when you're, when you're breaking the law, you're always looking over your shoulder, you're always wondering, did somebody get caught, that thing, you know, the, that those goods they sold, are they going to trace it back? Can you ever really rest? You think you are, but you're not, you're not free when you break the law, when you steal. I'll tell you, a horrible thing to do is to lie. And, and most of us know what this is like. Maybe we haven't thought about it, but most of us know what it's like to lie. That is not freedom. 
And so who did I say what to? And will it come back to me? And, and then when it does come back, then you've got to do another lie to make up on that lie. And hey, I'll tell you what, that is anything but freedom. That, in my eyes, is bondage on the inside. And I think we all know that. That's why we teach our kids not to do this stuff. It's because we know it's a better life. It's free. Following the Ten Commandments is the same as, as ten freedoms that we can live by. But there's even more than the Ten Commandments. God, through the Bible, through the writers of the Bible, gives us all kinds of things that we should do that bring us incredible freedom. To be generous. To be forgiving. To be humble. All of these things that the Bible tells us to do, they're all freedoms. Every one of them bring us incredible freedom. You know what's not freedom? What's not, not freedom at all is, is when you have pride. Pride, pride it just it gets people don't like you as much. You, you have people, enemies at you. You're putting people down. That's icky. That's icky to live with. It's, it's better to have humility. It's freedom. And it's, it's better to live in honesty. It's better to live in generosity and thinking of other people. These things are so good for our lives and they bring such incredible freedom. We want our kids to live like that. We want to know that. And I think that's why churches, you know, if I do this a lot, you know, just throughout the week, I'll listen to different messages from different churches or on the radio or, or whatever, YouTube, some of them. And, and, you know, I'm always shocked that 99% of every message I hear is all about how to live, how to live, how to live, how to live, how to live. And, and I know why. Because it gives tremendous freedom. That these things are freedom, that we live like this, we live better lives. It's, it's true, performance, you know, like live like this. But here's what it turns into. It, it, it really comes down to this. And, and this is, if, if you've been a Christian for a while, this might be your Christian experience. And that is this. Learn more and do more. Learn and do. Learn and do. Learn and do. And I, I know for myself, I've been, been, you know, 30 years of learning and doing, learning and doing. And, and, and we get into this mode of, I'm just going to, I need to learn more. My life's got to get better. I need to learn more and I need to do better. Learn more and do better. Learn more and do. And we get in this thing, but like, Maybe you've been down that road. Okay, I need to forgive. The six principles of forgiveness. I need to learn that. I need to apply six principles to forgiveness. So I need to learn and I need to do. Three ways to be humble. And, and I practice these three ways. And we learn this. And it's all this, this learn and do. But there's a problem with that. At least for me, I never can be good at it. I've learned a lot. And I've applied a lot of things. And they've brought a level of freedom in my life. But they always fall short. Every time. As much as these things are good, we should teach them to our kids. We should teach them uh, as a church. But they will always fall short. And here is the reason why learning and doing more will always disappoint us. Because the issue is in here. Because you and I have a problem. It's a heart problem. You and I have a nature problem. There is something wrong with our very nature and who we are. And learning and doing is good, but it doesn't change where it's coming from. It doesn't change the, the core 
heart that we have. Jesus was very clear and he, he kind of hit it head on. And he said, if you can learn and do really good and not murder somebody, I mean, good for you. It'll keep you out of prison. But he said, but if you hate somebody in your heart, you're as guilty as committing murder. Well, he used the word guilty. To me, that means bondage. You're as guilty as committing murder. Now, you're not going to physically go to prison, but that inside prison is there. And we're good at Minnesota nice. We're, we're really good at it. Oh, yeah, you're great. And we turn our back. I hate that. I've ridden in the car with some of you. You know, you're murderers all day long. You murder six, seven people a day just driving to the cities. You know, I mean, it's like, and Jesus said, hey, listen, the, the, the learn and do is good, but it's not going to solve the problem because the problem's in here. He said the same with adultery. So you learn and do how to bounce your eyes, how to not be around that person, how to, I mean, all this, these, we learn the seven tricks of not doing that. And, uh, but he said this, but when you have lust for another person, you are guilty of adultery. Oh boy. Because here's the point and here's the problem. We have a lust problem in our nature. We have a lust problem in our heart. And learning and doing will keep us out of physical trouble, but it's not going to fix the heart issue. It's not going to fix the problem in there. The only way that's going to fix our problem is the presence of God changing our nature. And God can do that. God actually changes our nature. The Apostle Paul said this. He, he said, you know, either circumcision or non-circumcision, he said, doesn't really matter. We, we, but that basically speaks for it all. He said, following the law or not following the law is what he was saying exactly. Following the law or not following the law, it really doesn't matter. You know what matters? And he said, this is what, what matters is a changed nature. You know what matters? You can follow the law, not follow the law. What matters is a changed heart. And so often, so often in Christianity, in our lives, in many religions, as a matter of fact, our emphasis is on behave good. And we really kind of forget about, can we be good? We work so hard on this one, but this one's not really changed. We all know this. We all know, and maybe it's us if we're honest, we all know people who give. They behave really good, but they're not givers. We know people who can say, I'm sorry, but they're not forgivers. They'll carry a grudge forever. Oh, in front of you, in front of you, there are some people I know I do life with some people who, I mean, they make me look like the worst sinner in the world. They are so good. But they are as ugly as ugly can be on the inside. And you know what? God's concerned 
with dealing with this. Because when you make the tree good, the fruit is good. Now we can all have false fruit. Learning and doing and learning and doing and learning and doing. But what about being transformed into being good? God can produce good on the inside of us. As a matter of fact, it's what God does. This, this whole thing about finding freedom is finding freedom in our relationship with God. Because as you and I have a relationship with God, He transforms our very nature. He changes our heart of ick into a heart of love. God's presence can do more in our lives in, in, in just a few minutes than all of the learning and gooding, learning and gooding, learning and doing and behaving and disciplining ourselves. I'm not saying it's bad. It'll get us a long ways, but it just won't change the inside. Wouldn't it be nice if, if you and I could actually believe half the stuff that comes out of our mouth? Wouldn't it be nice if we could believe when we're with Uncle Joe at Christmas and, yeah, good, how are you doing? Oh, good, I'm really glad. And we talk about him all the way home. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could actually believe that? What we say, what we show, what we do. Wouldn't it be awesome if we actually were that? If we did actually care, if we were actually generous, if we wanted so bad to just give as much as we could and love. Wouldn't it be great if we actually loved people instead of acted like we love people? But I mean, really love people so much that we cry when they're hurting and we cry and we rejoice with them that they won $100 billion and we got nothing, but we're so dang happy for them. Wouldn't it be great if we were pure on the inside? Like God. God offers us incredible freedom in that He wants to transform our ugly nature on the inside. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's just what He does. It's what He offers. And uh, we, we get a glimpse into this, and the New Testament's full of this stuff, but for Christians, He's talking about, where the veil is lifted, you see Jesus for what He is. He says, For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If God's here, there's freedom. The Holy Spirit fills us, there's, there's freedom. So all of us who have had their veil removed, all of us who are Christians believe in Jesus, see and reflect, we see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Do you get the value of this? Do you get how awesome of a gift this is? Basically what Paul is saying is this, that when we open up ourselves by believing in Jesus Christ to a relationship with God, the Spirit of God transforms us more and more to be just like him. Not God's, but have His nature and His character transformed in our lives. And He wants to for every single one of us. 
He wants to. He sees us. That's really good that you're learning and doing and learning. Good. Keep it up. But there's more than that. You just stop learning for a minute. Stop doing and just come and be with me. I can do more in your heart than all of the learning and doing combined. Let me do it in your life. And he will produce in us godliness. In Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but I, I want to actually look at the fruit because it's true to look at it as more of the results of the Spirit. This, this is the results of the Spirit of God being in us, of us allowing Him to transform us. This is the results of that. The fruit, the result of the Spirit is love. The result of being with God is our heart of jealousy, our heart of, and, and we all are born with it, I guess, we all have it, selfishness, our heart of I'm first, looking after me, our heart of you know, using people to get what we want, whatever. Can you imagine if that was transformed into a heart of love? Where I don't have to be careful. Oh, I know. That guy over there is just a butthead. But God wants me to love him. So, okay, hi, I'm going to love you because God told me to. Wouldn't it be easier to just love him because you do? Okay, for some of us, that'd be great. Uh, but I have joy. The result of an experience in having God dwell a relationship with God is joy. I remember one time about five, six months ago, uh, in a pre-service meeting, Shaheen said one time to all of us, he said this. He said, if there's anything that should mark a Christian, it should be joy. But you see, joy marks anybody when things go well in their life. When everything's great, and you just had a new grandkid, and you know everybody you want, you got a bonus at work, and you just got to retire with $6 billion, whatever. When, when things are going good in people's lives, everybody has joy. This is, the, this is the kind of joy when it doesn't matter how things are going. The joy comes from the transformed heart on the inside with the presence of God and the Spirit of God. The result of this relationship with God is a heart of joy no matter how things are going. Peace. Everybody's looking for peace. And again, it seems like we need, if all the circumstances are right, I'm at peace. Oh, I'm not at peace right now. And we all go through this. Like, oh no, I'm just, oh, so much is going on. I'm just, I'm a wreck. Why? Because of circumstances? I can give you just example after example after example in the Bible where people are proof of this. That the result of the Spirit of God in them has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with what God has transformed in their life. That there's peace. Peace because God is in here. Peace because of His fullness. Forbearance, patience. I know most of us have to act patient. I'm, oh, I'm trying really hard to be patient. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to not have to try hard and just be patient? Be great. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. The whole point here is this incredible freedom is in a relationship with God 
when he transforms our heart. The problem with our behavior is here. He transforms that. And I think if there was one scripture verse this church could talk about every single week, Shaheen and I have talked about it, said so let's do 52 messages all on this. What's the answer to every problem that we are facing? You know what the answer to your problem is? Spend more time with God. Sounds like a cop-out. Have you tried it? Here's what Jesus said. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Hey, listen, you believe in Jesus. He's the Savior. You're clean. Okay, there's not, none about performance to be with God. Okay, you're already clean. Got it. Remain in me as I also remain in you. He's talking about relationship here. Where I'm, I'm with God and God's with me. I'm aware of God's presence in me. I'm aware of Him. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit. You can act like it. You can have fake fruit. You can try hard. But you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Fruit apart from me, I'm sorry, fruit apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, the life transformation, the freedom we're looking for is in a constant relationship with God. That He changes this. This is the problem and this is what He changes. The core where everything's coming from he can change. Does that mean that I just spend time with God and I feel all kinds of peace and, and then it's done? No. He's talking about remaining because here's what we need to understand. There is no such thing as it's not one and done. And I think this is where we make mistakes sometimes. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm at a great worship service or a time with God. I'm in a, great, a Bible study. I just feel God's presence. And you know what? In that moment, I have such peace. The world could fall down around me and I don't care. Have you ever been there? doesn't last, does it? It's not a one and done. This is the Christian life. Living in a relationship with God. Not learning all this and, and behaving differently because now i got it all down pat. Yep, I know how to live. So many people have learned how to live a Christian life and not even connect with God. This is the whole purpose of a relationship with God so that God can transform us. But we live in this relationship. I can give you a hundred stories of my own life, but every one of them are embarrassing, so I probably won't. <clears throat> But I will give you uh, a very recent one. Uh, stepping down as the lead pastor of this church is the hardest thing I've ever done. I've probably shared that before. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, it lasted months where I, I was miserable. I was depressed. Depression turns into anger and blah, blah, blah. I struggle with, you know, well, who am I? And I can't, it's hard for my nature to, listen, I'm right, we're going to do what I say, to be the leader, right? It's just, I want to be the leader, and it was just blah, blah, blah. So I acted pretty good because I've been a Christian for a long time. I know, I pretty much know how to act. When I control myself, I can act like a Christian and 
be like a Christian and I can be nice. I've learned how to do that. Pretty cool. My heart on the inside was very unhappy. My oldest son saw a problem in me and I was, Dad, you're depressed or something. And we talked through that and stuff. But let me tell you where I found, where I found incredible peace and joy was um, I, I spent time with God. I, ne- I never quit doing that. But I avoided the topic. You know how you're, you're praying sometimes? You just avoid certain topics. And uh, I opened up with God in my office at home. I'm sitting there. Oh, God, you're great. Father, I got I to gotta surrender this whole, you know, who am I? What am I going to do? And I felt, uh, you just have to believe me because I'm telling you, um, an overwhelming sense of satisfaction. And it was so clear to me in that time with God. It was so clear to me. As a matter of fact, I I told Shaheen afterwards, maybe five or six days later, I said, there is no room in the kingdom of God for pride. Because who am I anymore? You know, who am I? What, uh, you know, uh, I, and, and I just, God just dealt with me like, yeah, who did you ever think you were? You were never nobody. In my kingdom, in my presence, nobody's anybody. I mean, as far as being somebody. I know that don't make sense. Uh, but, hey, listen. You are precious. I am the one. You're precious because you're my son. Anyway, I, I know this sounds ridiculous. It's hard to explain. But I felt so much freedom. I don't want to be the leader. I don't need to be the leader. It doesn't satisfy anything in me. God completely satisfies everything. And to be quite honest with you, Shaheen can deal with your griping, you know? Uh, um, I'm so fine, but there's no guarantee I'm going to stay fine. I am so fine right now and so fulfilled and so happy and do what I can. God, I don't, I don't care who does it as long as it gets done. God, as long as people are reached, as long as you are known, whatever my part is, is I'm fine. I, I'm blessed, overblessed with that. God changed the human evil part of me on the inside. But it won't stay changed. It's not, oh, God fixed me. No, God didn't fix me. God's keeping me good with His presence. I'm not going to stay there if I don't stay with God. Quick story. How much time? we got a little time. I told this story about, I don't know, several years ago, but it was so clear to me in this, in this story. I was bow hunting, which I've done once or twice, and uh, I, I was in a tree, and I always put a, a thing in there to hang up my bow either in, in, usually in the same tree. But anyway, there's, there's two oak trees. <clears throat> one was, I don't know, probably 20 inches in diameter where I was, and there was another one a little bit smaller. But at the, bot- at the base, they kind of came out of the same root, you know, and they, they just kind of grew like this. So I screwed my bow in. I'm sitting there in my stand, and my bow is right here. Put the screw in there, which is actually another tree, but right there. And so it's easy to grab, you know. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sitting there for a while. Anyway, some deer come by. I watch them, and oh, wow, you know what? Uh, there's a deer there that I, I want to take. 
I want to harvest. And so I, I stood up and I'm, I'm watching. I wait till they kind of get under me or just a step or two back. And then I'm reaching for my bow. And I reached for my bow and I got to the end of my stand. I couldn't reach it. You have no idea what was going through my head. Like, what the fuck? I, I, how, how could I even? I remember putting that in. How could I even? And I, I mean, the deer are gone. And I'm absolutely bewildered. I know I put it there. I know I could reach it. It wasn't windy out or anything, but what I noticed was these trees were really, the canopy was really tall and there was the slightest of breezes. And this breeze was just blowing this tree. It just had bent the tree. This breeze was blowing it. And I, I just sat there and observed. And when the breeze would stop, that tree would come right back. Like, yeah, that's where I hung it. And, and I, when, when, that, when I was watching this, I, I was thinking to myself, that's just like the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God, He moves us. But when we get out of the presence of God, we go right back. And because of that, I know there are certain things in my life that are indicators. My favorite pet evils in me, one of, one of them is I can't believe I'm telling you this. One of them is being just writing people off. I, I, I just, my old nature, before I was a Christian, I was really amazing at this. Just, you're stupid, right? I'm just like, you're worthless. You're, I mean, that's, that's what, and, and so when, when I'm with God, and, and I, I, I'm not trying to tell you that I'm transformed, but I want to try to tell you this. I know that I'm in the presence of God because I love people. I love stupid people as much as smart people, okay? I just love, when people are acting stupid, I love people. But that's not me. That's God. And I've asked the people that are close to me in my life, I've asked them, when you see me getting short, writing people off, tell me. Because I need, somebody needs to tell me, you're not spending time with God. It comes back that quick. We all have them. You have your special, what you used to be. And you know what? When that thing's coming back, it's a sign that you are not in the presence of God. You know why? Because it's never a one and done. It's not a one and done. It's not, oh, God changed me. No, He didn't. You get out of the presence of God, you're right back to the way you used to be. I'll tell you what, the greatest freedom in Christ is a relationship with God that transforms us. We don't have to do all of the work of behaving. Make sure I behave this way. Make, those behaviors are good. It'll keep you out of jail. It will. And it will keep you from having problems with people. But I'll tell you what, the only cure for in here is to have a relationship with God that transforms and restores and produces His fruit in our life. Does that sound good? Would you like to have to stop pretending you love people, but you really hate them? Would you, would you like to have to stop not trying so hard? I can't talk behind their back. I can't talk behind their back. I can't be negative. Oh, God wants me to love them. Wouldn't it be better just to be loving and forgiving? To actually have the results of God's Spirit and presence in our heart, transforming who we are. The effort it will take is pursuing the relationship. And let me tell you, it's another message, but that is not easy. 
takes discipline. It takes commitment. Jesus made it possible for us. But we all have to say, I want to experience God and open myself up and allow His presence to transform me. When you and I do that, and we stay and remain in a relationship with God, He transforms our very nature. And then you won't be such an a-hole. It'd be great to not be one. It's terrible being one and have that not act like it. Let's pray. Father, we are all a-holes on the inside without you. Some of us have gotten pretty good at learning and doing, and that's great. But on the inside, we're the same person we always were. Only you can change our heart. Only your Spirit filling us and working and moving in us can produce fruit, righteous fruit from you. And Father, that's what I want more than anything. More than anything this world has to offer, more than anything. I want to be one with you. Father, I ask you today, if it's been a while, to just come into me again. Father, fill me with your spirit and your presence. I welcome your presence in to transform my heart. I don't want to just know you love me. I want to feel your love. I don't want to just know that you've forgiven my sins. I want to experience freedom of knowing you. Father, I ask you to transform my very nature inside to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen.